G'day, uh, everybody. Welcome to Woof Woof Weekly, um, episode number three. Um, a little bit of a change of platforms, how we're doing it today. Um, our host, our normal host, uh, Poppy's gone on leave. Bit of a story about that. Actually, he started off, he was going to Port Douglas, got cancelled, and he was going to um, Sydney, got cancelled, and he was going to the Surf Coast, got cancelled, and he's um, ended up down at um, on the coast here, the south coast, down the bottom. Um, where there's obviously been a fair bit of wind, rain, and a little bit of a uh, earthquake the other day. So I'm not sure whether he caused that or Jenny caused that, but I'm sure we'll find out find that out a little bit a little bit later on when the story exaggerates a little bit more. Um, so look, a big warm welcome to our president, Mr. Uh, Les Hughes. So Les is going to be joining me for the first part of the episode today. So how are you, Les? Perfect. Perfect. Is that because it's perfect president? Is that how that is? No, no. It's no. not not because you're a perfect president. <laughs> no, there is? No. Hey, mate, um, how long have you been on the committee of the Soul Greyhound Club? Mate, I don't know, 24, 25 years, 23, I don't know, something it's, like that. That's almost as good as two life sentences for murder, isn't it? Yeah, harder. Harder? Yeah, that's a big call. We're not that bad, are we? Yeah. We are. <laughs> Thanks for the confidence here. This is going really well. Hey, um, how long have you been president for? Three years, I think. Three years, right? I'd be coming up to four years this term. So AGM is on the tenth uh, of November, which is only six weeks away. So I'm, I'm presuming you're going to stand again. If yeah, I will stand. Again. You will stand again. Well, that's that's wonderful. I'm sure the club club will love that. Hey, um, how long have you been training dogs for? <laughs> Over fifty. Over fifty years. I thought you were younger than eighty. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Um, best dog you've owned? Oh, it's hard. There's been too many that have been about the same to name any particular dog. Brother Waters, Stripe Waters, a heap of good dogs in those days. And you've also, you've obviously on the honour board here, you've had a few greyhounds of the year as well over the years. So Yeah, I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I wonder you'd be fairly proud of your achievements as a dog trainer. Still got a way to go. Still, what, so you're still learning? Yes. Very good, very good. What's the biggest thrill, biggest race you've won? Best moment on a dog track? I don't think I've actually ever won a big race as such. Never? Never, no. I'm only a bread and butter trainer. <laughs> they're called hobby trainers, aren't they, Les? Is that what they're called, well, a bread and butter trainer? Or Well, that's what I am, mate. It's just a hobby. 92% of the industry are like you. Yes. That's it. But you love your dogs, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, got how, many, how many dogs you got in the kennel at the moment? In the kennels themselves, five. Five? And pups coming on? Uh, about 18 pups on the property. Yeah, right. That'll let it be good. And then they tell me there's a couple of smart ones. Rumour has it. Yeah, Rumours are interesting things, aren't they? They are in this industry. Yeah. And I won't deny or, or add to the rumours at this stage. So neither can be denied or confirmed that um, Les has got some good pups coming along. Hey, um, where do you see the club in 10 years? Well, hopefully on a new, in our new premises over the road, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way the club is going, as long as we can find someone to come along to replace the current committee, because I'm getting old and Ronnie is getting old, um, a good committee to keep it going, mm-hmm. then the club will just continue to, to go forward. It, it is probably the number one country club in Australia, um, and there's no reason why it should not stay there. Very good. All right. Um, on that note, we'll uh, we'll let you get out of these um, microphone and uh, go back to the meeting, but... 
on behalf of the club, thank you very much for having a little bit of a chat for uh, Wolf Hook number, number three. Welcome back to uh, Wolf Wolf Weekly again. We're going to finish off with something a little bit different again. We're going to do a bit of fast talking with our president, Les, again. So good to have you back, Leslie. Thank you. It is now. This is pretty simple. I'll give you some questions you answer. There's no thought in this, so you should be right with this one, should we? I never think, so that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the uh, three things in your bedside table? Socks. Yep. Jocks. Handkerchief. Right. Very good. If you're a tradie, what would you be? Builder. What was the first girl or boy you've ever kissed? It was a girl, Peter, to start with. And name? Mary. Mary. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Um, what's the most dangerous or courageous thing you've ever done? Dangerous? Mm. Driving when I was younger. <laughs> Responsibly, of course. Lee. Yes, of yep. course, yeah. Um, what's the scariest ride you've ever been on? I've never really been on a scary ride, Pete. Never been on a... Oh, I've been on things, but they're not scary. Yeah, right. So the big things that go up and down yeah, and round yeah. about and all that, they're, yeah, no, not, they're scary. not scary? No. Right, that's all good. Um, were you part of the protests on the weekend? No. Of the five senses, which one could you live without? Smell. Smell? Same with me, because I haven't got any, so... um. It is. In which event do you think you would have been the best chance of making the Olympics? Walking. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. What's your favourite fairy tale story? Oh, I can't repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll move on from that very quickly. We will. It's the most dangerous animal you've confronted. Oh, probably a bull. A bull? Worst job you've ever had? You've had a few of them. I've had a lot of jobs, yeah. Um, oh, not the worst, but the hardest was probably concreting. Have you ever broken a bone? Yeah, finger in a fight, but that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask any further there. Have you ever undergone an operation? Uh, had adenoids taken out and tonsils taken out, yeah. Have you ever had your house or property broken into? No. Have you ever crashed your car or been in an accident? Uh, yes. Plenty of times? Yes. Oh, no, this is going to be an interesting question for you. What was one thing you would never eat? Uh, um, cauliflower. I, would, I was going to say anything green. <laughs> no, I eat green. I'll beg to differ there. How old were you when you first got drunk for the first time? Right. Probably 16. What were you drinking? Just beer. Just beer. Yeah. Right? You want blackberry nipple or masala or anything like no, those? No, 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 just straight beer. Straight beer. Right. And question that should be pretty easy for you to answer. Who will win this weekend's grand final? Oh, Melbourne should win by a point. Melbourne by a point. We'll write that down. Thanks, Les. Concludes Fast Talking. Thanks, everyone. G'day, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to uh, Woof Woof Weekly. Um, as I said, different format today. Poppy's on holiday, so uh, brought Gary Robertson, our uh, track manager and maintenance manager. How are you, Gary? Very 
very well, Peter. Yourself? Yeah, wonderful. Thanks, mate. In this uh, magnificent COVID world that we uh, seem to be living in at the moment, it is good to travel interstate, isn't it, mate? Yeah, great, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, when when are you counting down those days to the borders going to be open? Yeah, well, hopefully your 5th of November is the right date. So. We've just got to try and work out who's going to be first over the border, <laughs> you or I, or whether we'll be chasing each other's car up the... Uh, up the Print Princess Highway together, mate. So yeah, well, I yeah, I drive a bit quicker than you. So you good luck. You probably <laughs> <laughs> touche. Hey, mate. Um, how long have you been working here at the club? Working here, uh, just coming on thirteen years. Thirteen years, and you were on the um, you're on the committee previously for a little while too, weren't you? Yeah, on the committee for twelve years before that. Yeah. Twelve years on the committee and thirteen years. That's twenty five. That's a couple of life sentences up it there, is. isn't it? Yeah, for for uh, for a lot less, mate. Um. What do you enjoy about this club? The club, the sale club itself, I think it's probably one of the best ground clubs around the place. It's um, a lot more vibrant than other clubs. Uh, well, of course, we've got more entertainment at our club. And we actually get... <laughs> we have. <laughs> we get um, actually get crowds to our races. So, yeah, for, from that aspect, it's just uh, an enjoyable club to work at. It's interesting sale, isn't it, mate? Um, I've been here not obviously as long as long as you, but um, it's 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 an amazing place where we actually do get crowds. And I don't know whether it's good luck or good management or just the support of people in East Gippsland. But you know, obviously pre-COVID, um, you know, crowds of five or six hundred every race meeting were just the norm. Yeah, I honestly thought that back in the day we raced on Saturday nights, and when we went to the Sunday just to accommodate on. Uh, Sky Channel, I thought the crowds would drop off, but they actually increased, which was... Yeah, look, it was pretty nerve-wracking when we were um, tapped on the shoulder to go from Saturday twilight to Sundays. And look, we're lucky we had a choice of Saturday or, or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. So I think the committee made a very wise move in going Sunday. Um, and at that stage, we couldn't get... People weren't going to come here. We had grand trainers that would say they'd never race here on Sunday. Social groups would never come here on Sunday because obviously work day on Monday. But it's amazing how that's changed, isn't it? Yeah. I honestly didn't think. I thought it'd go backwards, but no. Yeah, and the only, you know, the interesting bit, you're not probably against a lot of other competition sports, so you're not up against football or or tennis or cricket or anything else. You've got stuff afterwards. So I reckon, yeah, it's been a good move. Hmm. Hey, um, you've owned a few greyhounds over your life. Uh, you've owned a few good greyhounds. What what do you reckon's the best greyhound you've owned? Uh, obviously, probably Catch the Thief is the best one we've uh, We've owned. Um, I had a good bitch in Spot Lotto back in the 90s who was very good, a very good bitch, but um, Catch a Thief and Playlist are very unusual to get two good little brothers and or to actually pick them out. And uh, there's a little story behind that with the president of the club uh, actually picked the... Uh, Catch the thief out, and or oh, one of his mates picked it out, and Les made the decision that um, he wanted a black dog, not a fawn dog. So thank Les for that decision. I didn't. We had a chat to the president before. He didn't happen to mention that in one of his highlights of his racing career. So that's uh, funny how we lead into that, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh, yeah, rumor has it, obviously, Catch the Thief's been retired um, now, and rumor has it that um, standing at stud. Yeah, yeah, he's standing at stud with Darren Pulio. Uh, it's currently at yeah, $1,100 a serve, which is pretty cheap for a dog. But the idea is to just get pups on the ground and hopefully get a few good pups on the ground and see if he, he can have a career at the stud game. 
Oh, that sounds exciting. Um, obviously, as you know, there's um, there's a few little upgrades that we're talking about. JV are talking about happening to the to the track next year. Do you want to just run through a few of those things that um, GRV have obviously been talking to you and I about? Yeah, so basically, it's probably a little bit more than what we originally thought, but um, it's actually basically going to put a transition into the track. So it'd be a new rail, new plinth, and they're going to put a um, a gutter on the inside of the track for drainage. Also, they will um, put irrigation in. New fences to both ends of the track and new plinths, so we've actually got something to work to for levels. And lighting, there'll be some type of a lighting upgrade, we're just not quite sure how far that they're going to go with that at the moment. But with the transition that's over on that first corner that uh, people, many people complain about, and it actually will change the whole contour of the corner, uh, the, the entire bend as such. So. It'll be interesting to see what the architects and what do they call themselves? Surveyors, Surveyors come up come with, up with on, yep. on that part. Yeah, no, look, it's going to be, you know, I mean, look, obviously, as, as, as most Greyhound people know, we, um, we've we never had a transition into that first corner here. Um, it is, and it's something that when they did the track up in 2004, that um, because of, the, the, I suppose, the circumference in the area we had, we couldn't do a transition. So... Yeah, being um, landlocked like we are, we makes, are. It yep. makes it very awkward. It does make it very awkward. So, look, it's, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, sort of March next year um, is roughly the, the period we're talking about when these uh, alterations will ha happen. Um, obviously, GRV and, and the Sail Greyhound Club are in the process of costing those out and obviously depending on um, the costs on how far we will go. And we will then um, do a, a five-year master plan to ho hopefully get us across the road with a, with a, with a straight track. So... That's the envisaged plans going into the future. Yeah, we keep crossing our fingers. We do. It's all we can do. Hey, mate, um, just quickly, your thoughts on track harrowing. It's obviously a contentious issue in the industry at the moment, and you've obviously been involved with a with a, with a core group of uh, track maintenance bikes around the state, giving your your opinion on what we think of track harrowing and, and where we should be with our um, KPIs at the moment. Yeah, look, I'm pretty simple. On the harrowing part, I think as a trackman, you learn to know every track's different. They've all got the different characteristics. Character, we'll get that right. Characteristics, and you just know when when the track needs a harrow, you know. Um, GRB are putting out all these different tools for us to try and get readings from tracks and that type of thing. At the moment, I don't think they. They're up to standard to what um, what we need, but in general, the profile of the track, the profile that we use, it gives you a good idea on whether your track knows to harrow because it gives you a view of what's under your track. It's not just the top surface, so that's probably the best tool they've got at the moment. Yeah, it'll be interesting. That that report will be out in the next couple of weeks of where um of where those standards we think should be. So it'll be interesting to see everyone's feed feedback from the. Uh, track harrowing and whether that be eight weeks or whether it's um, the maintenance manager's call or whether it be other tools that we can use to get it. But look, at let's hopefully, because we know in this industry, the trainers do get a little bit um, nervous when a track has been harrowed, especially if we get rain. And if we've got those eight weeks by standards we've got to do, 
it can get a little bit messy. And um, we we got caught here ourselves in July this year. Yeah, yeah I think it was sure. with, with so. rain, and we lost a we lost a meeting unfortunately. So let's all hope we can um, we can improve from there. Yeah, I just think common sense needs to go with it. it. That's all. Yep, that's fair call. Hey, um, where do you think you where do you see yourself five years time from now, mate? A <laughs> good question. Across please. the border. <laughs> Good question. No, I'll still be here, no doubt. Um, probably five will be about it, though. Can, I, can I get that in writing now? <laughs> yeah, no, I think five will. I'll still be here in five. I'm sure of that. So, but then it'll be... Across the border. Yeah, across the border. Beautiful. Thanks, Gary. That was uh, Gary Roberts, our maintenance manager here at the Sale Greyhound Club. Welcome back to uh, Woof Woof Weekly. A little bit of news from just around the track. So we've got some, uh, yeah, some little bits of news snippets for the week. So um, look, unfortunately, Trelgan are uh, a couple of weeks behind due to um, COVID lockdown. So unfortunately, they can't get the sand from Ballarat uh, down onto the track. So at this stage, they're looking at an early, an early December reopening again. So we wish them all the best of luck to Trelgan to get that uh, new looking J curve track up and about very quickly. Uh, Brian Parkinson uh, has resigned his position uh, from Greyhound Clubs of Victoria, so effective immediately. So uh, GCV will be looking for a new board member over the next couple of weeks. Uh, GRV, look, they're hoping to hoping to get a record turnover this week and hopefully may pass $100 million in wagering turnover. So that will be really, really exciting if we could ever achieve that. And I think pre-COVID, I think if we ever talked about that figure, we never even in our wildest dreams even think about that happening. Uh, GRV are also surveying participants in regards that was um, released last week about the prize money increase of $5.3 million that comes in effect next week, 1st of October, uh, which is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing for our industry. That's all for this week's news on Woof Woof Weekly. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, Woof Woof Weekly. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a chat to uh, Josh Singh. Josh has been the uh, producer of Woof Woof Woof. Welcome, Josh. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me. Pleasure, mate. Um, he's also alias our function and events manager as well. But um, over the previous 18 months of COVID, there, <laughs> unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot of uh, functions and events to do, mate. So one. Um, Pete, it's been pretty unfortunate. I feel bad for a lot of those people because we've had to have the same conversation over and over again. It's cancel, cancel, cancel. Yeah, look, it's been a bit difficult if you wanted to organise a wedding or a 21st or a mm. engagement party or a, or even a wake. It's been a very, very, very difficult time for lots and lots of people. But Absolutely. look, hopefully we're going to get some, we've got some good news mm-hmm. and we're going to move forward a little yes. bit. So um, do you want to just run through sort of what's going to happen over the next six weeks? So this is all depending on our vaccination rates. If we get to that 70% mark, I think it was, Mr. Andrews said, we're going to increase from 10 people internally to 30 people internally. Wowee. And then 20 people externally to 50 people externally. What a jump. Little steps, mate. Tiny little steps. steps. But if the vaccination rate increases to 80%, which mm. they're forecasting to be the 5th of November, yep. 
What are we going to get then? So a couple of weeks later, if we get there, hopefully sooner rather than later, we're going to go to 150 people internally mm -hmm. and 500 people externally. That that's a bit of a game changer for us. That is a huge game changer we're, for us. We're very lucky um, in the position we've got at the club here to have a massive car park um, and a brand new marquee. So tell us what we're doing with that brand new marquee. Wow, we've got to get it up. We've got to get it here and get it up. It's a good start. It's so close. It's so close. We're pretty excited about it. It's a significant investment by the club because it did not come cheaply. Um, this marquee is going to be bigger and better than our last one. So hopefully we can get that up sooner rather than later and be ready and ready to go for that. But they, well, our last one's probably still floating across Bass Strait somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure it's somewhere. Or, or New Zealand, maybe. We've got it a couple is. of the poles floating out on the track still. No, they're not. They are. So we had a, uh, people obviously don't know, we had a bit of a windstorm go here um, about six months ago and uh, decided to take our marquee with it. Unfortunately, it um, bent it up pretty badly, so hence we've, uh, we've got the new marquee coming. Mm, which is extremely exciting. We've had plenty of uh, phone calls and emails and text messages about ho hosting some uh, external functions with lots of people. So to be able to have a brand new marquee up and ready and ready going, is pretty exciting. And yeah. being that we are the only club, like you said, we've, we're pretty lucky in the fact that we've got a pretty big external area in our car park. We're the only club around the area with that capacity to be able to do that. I mean, there's a few others around, but yeah, it's a very unique opportunity for us. Yeah, look, I think it's a huge opportunity. And obviously, we're going to set the whole party paddock up. So mm -hmm. we'll have the uh, festoon lights and all the outdoor furniture will be set up. And uh, it's pretty exciting, but just pretty exciting to have people back here again. I think Absolutely. that's I think that's what we're all we're all looking for. Because obviously we're in hospitality mm -hmm. and uh, we like talking. We like seeing people. That's yeah. why that's why we actually work in this business. So oh, yes. we're 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 getting very, very excited. Doesn't look so good for Melbourne Cup Day here, unfortunately. No. That first Tuesday in November, I think we're gonna be extraordinarily limited by that. So uh, just gonna miss out, unfortunately. Yeah, so our grand plans of a big day there are probably gonna have to be put on hold, unfortunately. Well yes. We're probably going to look at our first really big night. It'll be our um, Sale Cup night. Sale Cup. Boxing Day. So, Boxing uh, Day. December the 26th, we'll get some packages. It'll be out to you guys probably in the next five, seven days. So, uh, Which is very exciting. We're, we're excited that we can actually do something. We were pretty limited last year, but we got to actually do something. We're going to be able to do something this year, which is very exciting. It'll probably look a little different to our previous years, obviously. There's a few uh, few hoops and things that we have to jump through. So double vaccination and proof of double vaccination is probably one of those things that will uh, creep up and will have to be provided by any attendees. Yeah, and we'll obviously have to, you know, obviously going into these venues because as of the uh, 27th of um, October, under the government mandated rules to enter a licensed premise, you're going to have to be double vaccinated. Um, so, look, if you're going out to dinner or coming for a drink or whatever, obviously you're going to have to have a little bit more time and patience yes. getting into this, getting into the places like this. And obviously if we have an event on Boxing Day uh, between five and 500,000 people. It's going to take a couple of minutes to get in. So I think patience and learning from a lot of us is going to be very, very important. Absolutely. It's a teething time. We're going to have to go through and figure out the most efficient way to do it for us to get as many people in as we can for everyone to enjoy. Because that's what they want. That's what we want. The atmosphere is missed. It without is. Without those people, it's it a completely, I, I want to use the word dull, but it's a dull environment here when there's only 10 people. That atmosphere is not the same as when there's 500 to 1,000 people here. Oh, mate, it's, yeah. Now, it's almost called COVID fatigue, having 10 people in here. It's it's not, uh, <laughs> it's very, very difficult right. to get staff up up and motivated. It is. So, look, it is. Unfortunately, that's good news. Let's hope um, everyone goes out 
um, and gets vaccinated so we can get to some life post-COVID. Um, let's hope there's no more earthquakes. Absolutely. Let's hope there's no <laughs> locusts to finish the plague off, which they reckon that's the next one. So uh, Great. let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, thanks, Josh. Much appreciated. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, uh, that'll do us for uh, Woof Woof Weekly, episode number three. See everyone back next week with uh, Poppy back again from his holiday. Cheers. Have a wonderful week. Everyone.